Hey, this is Jim from NFT42, and I have with me today Cliff Hall, our developer. We're going to talk to you about the metadata of Avastars. Hey, Cliff, can you tell us what metadata is? Well, it's um, it's all the information about your non-fungible token aside from its token ID. When you purchase an NFT, you're actually just purchasing that number in that array. Its image, all the information about its traits, things like that, that's the metadata about that NFT. Okay, great. Can you tell us about Avastar's metadata? Yeah, each Avastar has a lot of information associated with There is um, There's a description, an, an overall description, which includes attribution uh, for the artists and a link to their website. Um, if it is a prime or a replicant, uh, two different kinds of Avastars we can get into later. Um, it has the uh, series. Uh, all of the each generation of Avastars is split into five different series. Uh, it has information about uh, a view URI, uh, where on the web you can go to actually see a web page about this particular Avastar. It has a media URI, a link to the actual image associated with the Avastar has uh, attributes. There are about 12 different traits that make up an avastar, including things like hairstyle and skin tone, mouth and eyes, things like that. Um, of course, gender, your male and female avastars, and uh, what generation it's a part of obviously goes along with what series uh, out of that generation. Uh, each Avastar has a serial number associated with it in addition to the token ID. Token IDs increment across all generations of Avastars, whereas for each generation, primes begin at zero and replicants begin at zero with their serial numbers because those are significant times in the history of the Avastar population. So we track that. Then there's ranking. Each Avastar has a rank that is made up of all of the traits. The rarity of each individual trait kind of get added up to make a rank for how rare that particular Avastar is. So that's included. And that's about it for uh, the data that we're tracking. And how do we actually go about storing that information? Because, I mean, in essence, the NFT token, as I understand it, is um, it's the token itself, which has the token ID. And then we have um, basically a, a metadata hash, a trait hash written um, that actually tells us about all this metadata that you just described. Is that accurate? Well, a lot of a lot of the information about the metadata uh, about the token is derived, like the view URI, the media URI, where to find them on the web. Uh, those are extractable or derivable from the token ID and a base URL. But 
and the generation and the series and so forth are stored. But the the trait hash that you're referring to encodes those 12 traits that make up the visual aspect of the Avastar, its hair color and its skin tone and eye color and things like that. So there is a 256-bit integer that is split into 32 different slots and in each of those slots, we can stick a number from 0 to 255. And that represents the variation of each one of those slots is a, is a gene, say, hair color. And okay. there's a variation. So that's how we do that. Okay. And so we use only 12 of the 32 available slots in the case of, of Avastars. Yes, yes. We could use a lot more, but that's okay. the reason now. And then we can take that metadata hash and we can do some pretty cool stuff. Like we can actually assemble the artwork because we have the, the images stored on the smart contract. We have the base images. We, can, we have those traits stored there. We can assemble the artwork with that and we can also assemble rich metadata. Can you explain both of those things? Sure. The, uh, the traits, all of those traits that uh, are the variations of each gene have some SVG associated with it uh, in addition to the name and the rarity and so forth. And so your token just has this nice little number that encodes all of those. So we split that apart and we say, okay, hair color is variation 74. So that's this trait over here and we go get it and we get its SVG. And then we go and we get the next trait and we get the next trait. And so we create a little SVG sandwich that has all of the actual uh, artwork in it. And then we send that back to you from a render Avastars function that you can call on the smart smart contract. So you can actually get the entire image from the contract and, and the artwork that makes up that particular Avastar doesn't have to be stored all by itself and take up space on the blockchain aside from the original pool of traits. They're all reused for however many thousands uh, of Avastars actually get created. Yeah. And so the way I like to explain it is that, you know, we can basically assemble the art on demand with our smart contract using the metadata trait hash. Is that accurate? Yes. Yes. And the same goes for the metadata itself. Uh, generally, NFTs have, uh, there's a token URI that points to some place on the web that you go to get a big uh, JSON blob uh, that you're a marketplace like OpenSea could read in order to be able to present the thing for sale. Well, we actually are able to generate that on-chain from all of our raw data. We're able to, to create the JSON blob from that. So should Avastars Corp ever go away, uh, the image and the metadata will all be available on the blockchain forever yeah and, and you you took the mandate from me that uh i wanted to be able to return some sort of of information on a block on a call to our smart contract to be able to have human readable metadata and then you you 
you and I talked about it a lot and you decided that JSON was probably the best approach since it was also machine readable as well, right? Yeah, it's a good, it's a good trade-off because uh, any person looking at this JSON thing could see, okay, description, colon, original art by blah, 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 app stars, generation one, blah, blah, blah. You can see that it's, it's, you know, this field, this value and so forth. So it's really easy for us to read, but it's also easy for a program like OpenSea to read and turn into a nice little card for you to sell or buy or trade. Right. And, but from our understanding, initially, we're still going to be hosting our metadata just like everybody else. And eventually we hope that OpenSea and other places can support this system you've built here to be able to read metadata via json sure viewable call you know i'm getting the terminology wrong there yeah see it no no no. it it is a viewable call it's free to make and uh we're just ensuring that uh, should we ever go away that all of the data that the token owner holds is actually still available and doesn't go away uh and leaving them with a, a number in an array but we do and right. I, I want to point out too, like why we did that is because we went through all the effort to do the same thing with the art and make sure that it's immutable on chain for as long as Ethereum exists. And then we kind of figured we should probably do the same thing with the rich metadata that that explains what this token is and and what makes up this image. Exactly. Uh, your mantra of art plus metadata equals NFT. Uh, it's really taken to heart, and, and I, I believe it, and a lot of the people who have uh, been looking in on our project seem to agree. Uh, it is, uh, we still have to play the game, though. Just like you said, we will be hosting both the image and the metadata off-chain in the standard way. Uh, so, you know, we have- Right now, what we're describing, everything we've been describing today in its current state it serves as a form of backup. Um, it's not to say that it couldn't in the future form as some sort of API in a sense where people could extract this data programmatically and serve it on their websites or things like that. But for today's purposes, what we've done is we've built kind of a future version with the backup. And then we also are still going to be um, conforming to, to traditional means of hosting the metadata and the images since that's what external marketplaces and things still support for NFTs today. Exactly. And and we hope that that will uh, evolve and, and we hope that standards will evolve. Right now, our metadata that we generate is uh, the standard uh, ERC-721 spec, which is very thin, plus the attributes uh, added by uh, OpenSea. So we work with their marketplace. But in a year or two years, when there are 50 marketplaces out there, we hope that the standards will have evolved so that there's a, a way for us to have rich metadata that all of the marketplaces can interact with. And we've built our metadata contract so that it's upgradable. And so when those standards evolve, we can upgrade our contract and you'll you'll be able to get the metadata in the latest most current uh, format operable format yeah 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 and so i think too it's worth clarifying that what you're saying there may not be clear to everybody that what we the metadata we're able to show you on OpenSea is actually not the complete metadata um like for example we can show you that you got a um pirate patch i trait but we can't tell you on OpenSea 
um, explicitly what the rarity of that trait was or what series it was in. You can imply that in certain ways, and we, but we have that metadata available, but we're unable to serve it to OpenSea um, because they're conforming to the current metadata standards, which don't have as rich of a uh, framework for providing um, information around individual traits, for example. Um, right. And so what you'll have to do is you'll have to actually visit our site to see all of the rich metadata instead of being able to just strictly rely on what's on, on OpenSea. There's actually more context behind it. Um, so I just I think it's worth clarifying there that and, and also that we are trying to work towards improving this overall for everybody. And OpenSea um, has encouraged us to work on an EIP for metadata around our improvements to be able to host for them to be able to provide um, this rich framework for for metadata as well. Yeah. Okay, I think that's it, Cliff. I think we covered everything that I wanted to cover today. Um, we'll be either doing another podcast or an article um, explaining more about Avastars in the near future. So if you enjoyed what you heard today, be sure to subscribe to our newsletter so you can learn more. Thanks, Cliff. You're welcome. <laughs>